Welcome to the Subversity Show. Uh, I'm talking with the director of uh, Out in the Dark. Dark. Yeah. Uh, you introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Michael Mayer. I'm the director of Out in the Dark. Uh, I wonder how you got into uh, making this. Why did you make this film? Um, it all started with dinner with a friend, basically, about 10 years ago. Uh, he was visiting in L.A. from Israel. And he was telling me that he had been volunteering, helping gay Palestinians in Israel. And I, I'm originally from there. I was born and raised in Israel. And I never had any idea this was going on. So my first reaction was just, uh, I was completely blown away. And I, I really just wanted to learn more on the subject matter from my own interest, out of my own interest. And uh, my next visit to Israel, I started doing research. Um, and I got together with a good friend of mine, Yael Shafrir. And we decided to write a script based on or inspired by the stories and the people that we met. Oh, so are these real people? Uh, I mean, are they all the cases based on reality? Um, loosely based. I mean, again, this is a fiction film, but I mean, it is, like I said, inspired by actual people and actual stories that, um, that we researched and people that we actually met. Yes, absolutely. Did the um, Israeli government uh, try to censor anything? No, not at all. I mean, first of all, I don't think the Israeli government was even aware of us doing anything. But no, there's uh, there's no censorship. We got we actually ended up getting some public funding in Israel, which is not really government money, but I mean it is public funds, much like you know NPR, or PBS. So um, no, they were very supportive, and there was no censorship involved whatsoever. I I had a friend just moved to Israel, a gay uh, gay friend from Hong Kong actually and so what is the situation there for gay people I think Israel um, stacks up pretty well compared to other western countries I mean up until two weeks ago when the the Supreme Court decision with DOMA happened Israel actually had it slightly better than the US when it came to marriage rights Um, but it's important to acknowledge that every Everything that was done in Israel, every progress or every uh, advance that the gay community has done in Israel always came from the bottom up, always came from activists and people on the ground, lawyers that were taking courts, to this, you know, to, taking cases to the courts um, and never really came down from the legislators. So it wasn't necessarily something that was uh, initiated by any ministers or any, you know, it never came from the top down. It always came from the street up. Of course, in your film, you show a Palestinian from Ramallah yeah. um, living in Tel Aviv um, and the situation faced by him. Um, did you want to make a statement there about the treatment of Palestinians? Yeah, I wanted to make, I mean, I don't know if a statement, but I definitely wanted to present the situation that's so complicated because of the occupation. Um, I think, yes, a lot of Palestinians reject homosexuals based on either religion or um, just basically the fact that it's a social taboo. Uh, But the fact that there is a military occupation of Palestine makes it absolutely impossible for those individuals to find shelter in Israel or to even move about or get out. So it just compounds the whole situation. So they find themselves in this situation where they're rejected by the Palestinian community based on their sexual orientation, but also by the Israeli community based on their national identity. So you, in the film you show uh, him, uh, the character, one of the main characters as a, the Palestinian character as a, um, 
as a um, student at Bezai uh, University. Uh, is there an um, open gay group there, or how does that work? You know what? Things have significantly improved. Even in the last few years, in the period that we were making the film, you can see a difference. There's two... It, listen, it's still taboo, and there's no open... like There's no gay bars in Ramallah or anything like that. But there is more activity. There's two very active online groups of gay Palestinians. One is Aswad, which is, a, I think, predominantly lesbian. One is Al-Kaus, which is, uh, again, a gay community, online community. Um, they do have parties that happen in Tel Aviv, you know, underground parties. Um, and they do meet at homes. And there is more, um, there's, you know, it inches forward. There's a little bit more acceptance, especially in places like Ramallah that are, you know, well, more well-off than other areas in the West Bank. But I have a feeling like if, situ- if the political situation deteriorates, like it has in the, in the past, and think, uh, you know, things get worse politically... Um, I think gays are going to suffer as well, and things are going to get rolled back, basically. Is there, um, uh, the security services, uh, you depict their role there in, in your film. Do you feel that uh, the Palestinians are always under the control or under the monitoring of the security services? Again, we're, I mean, it's a, it's a fiction film. We, dr- we over-dramatize certain things. But the fact of the matter is, even as back as 1994, there was a B'Tselem report. B'Tselem is an Israeli organization that um, that investigates human rights violations in the West Bank, in the occupied territories, the West Bank and Gaza. Um, and the fact of the matter is that back, even back in '94, they exposed that the Israeli security services targets gay Palestinians exactly for the for that matter, you know, to get them as collaborators. So they actually seek them out. So. So you know, they track again, down. Might, oh, I'm sorry. They track down gay people. Yeah, especially ones that are in 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 situations where they're like they need a you know a place to hide or they can't you know their families know about it and they can kind of blackmail them into collaborating. So it might not happen as often as it used to, but it definitely is part of the mo. Yes. But the uh, the role of human rights activists in trying to smuggle out people that's still going on. Uh, um. Again, um, to an extent, yes, absolutely. And I think it really depends on what family you come from and if you can move around. You know, mobility is a big issue in Palestine and Israel. But, uh, yeah, these things still happen, absolutely. Uh, in the film, you also depict the, the, the lawyer character, the lover of this uh, guy, as uh, talking to, is it mafia people? Is that, is that or is that my misinterpretation? Yeah, no, yeah. Okay, what, okay. what is the role of... Why, why is the mafia type involved? What, is, what do well, they do? Well, um, we were actually, again, you know, it's a film, so we were, yeah. trying, to, we were trying to be a little more dramatic than, uh, than, um, uh, than maybe it always, you know, it doesn't always happen that way. But the fact of the matter is um, there's been many cases of people being smuggled out by these... Uh, mafia types, you know, when you when why you why would even, they do it? Why would they do it? That's I I, um, I guess I confu- I was well, confused. I thought it was human rights folks. No, 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 no. It, but, but human rights folks that uh, where do they get a little boat to put somebody on and smuggle them in the middle of the night? So, you know, a lot of times it's simply for money. Oh, yeah. So it just yeah. they need somebody that they can. Oh, they yeah. work with human rights folks too. Well, it yeah. but, 
I mean, I don't necessarily they know what it's. They're not. Do, I don't think they're necessarily doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. Okay, okay, yeah. But I mean, yeah, if you need to, if you're in the business of having smuggled somebody out, then that's your yeah. You your you job. you find you find yeah. a way, whether it's on some yeah on some guy's private yacht or anything like whatever you can do. So in our case, this is the way that we uh, that we decide. But I feel like we're telling too yeah, much of I a don't story. Think we should give out the yeah. ending yes. of it. Yeah. Uh, what uh, maybe just generally what yeah. uh, what places do people go in uh, in in the rest of Europe? Say, or in Europe, do they uh, are there places that are more receptive to Palestinian um, uh, refugees? Uh, refugees in general yeah. have oh, it better yeah. in places like Scandinavia, oh. in places like France, in places like Germany. But back in the mid 2000s i think it was after the the balkan crisis uh. that european the european union changes it changed its stance i think it's the doubling accord where they said refugees have to get refugee status in the first place of entry so into the port eu of port of entry into right. the eu which made it a lot harder so right. you couldn't just cuz obviously most of the port of entries are like places like nearby yeah nearby which are nearby. you know you know whether it's uh, Romania or Greece or yeah. even Italy places that are not necessarily as accepting and recepting receptive, receptive yeah. of of refugees so it's yeah. it makes it much harder for people to just land first in Stockholm of oh, all yeah. places or, or Copenhagen yeah. so in our that's why in our film um, we talked about specifically France but that's yeah yeah okay so um did what, what got you, uh, you? You mentioned how you got into doing this, but how did you meet the actors? How did I meet the actors? Oh, yeah. Well, um, the lead, the two leads, um, the play Nima and Roy. Um, Roy is played by a big star in Israel, Michael oh. Aloni. So I actually knew him because he's a familiar face, oh. um, and he's just a phenomenal actor. He came to read, and I saw him in other stuff, and I, he, he's basically one of those guys that can do anything. Um, and then the other guy, Nicholas Jacob, who plays Nimer, uh, we were searching for a Palestinian um, lead, and we had two candidates. And then he came in actually on a recommendation of his girlfriend. He's not an actor, but she thought, you know, she asked if he could come in and read. He's a musician. He said she said he would. She thought he would be good for the role. He came in, and we loved him. And the minute we saw him together with Michael, when they read together. Their chemistry was so palpable. It was right, you know, it was right there in the room from the first read. We felt they worked so well together. And there was no was problem. Just, yeah, I'm sorry? There was no problem with uh, gay scenes. You know, I don't think, I was surprised at how yeah. comfortable they were and how, you know, every actor wants to know limits and wants to ask questions. But I felt, I felt yeah. that, you know, we rehearsed a lot. Yeah. They spent a lot of time together, so they feel comfortable and they get to know each other. But, I mean, I was surprised at the fact that they were... Fairly easy. Yeah. Kissing yeah. too. Yeah. Embracing yes. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Whatever they needed yeah. to. They're yeah. actors. Right. You know. Right. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. No, thank you. I thank appreciate you. it. Great.